This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. Samuel. So good to see you today. Hey, sir. How are you? Good. So one of my favorite things about this podcast is that we get to interview couples. Yeah. And we get to hear their stories. And every couple is unique. And uh, they all bring their own vitality and, and just their stories, their backgrounds, their passions. And today we get to interview a really, really cool couple that we both like. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so as a segue, yes, yes, yes. You know one of them. I do. So way back when, um, not even a year ago now, you know, probably <laughs> a little bit less than that, met this particular uh, person who was not only a therapist by trade, but also a person that had a passion for for men and for families and for marriages and. You know, when myself and a guy by the name of Phil Kirk and a couple other guys, a part of men's ministry, had an opportunity to interview for a position, I believe, at East Paris. No, at, at uh, Knapp Street. Um, uh, there was a uh, particular person that came up and I got a chance to meet Andy Donaldson. And, uh, and, and it was near and dear to my heart because Andy was this person that already had the trade that I had. You know, we... I think we might have had one or two interactions, maybe at Cornerstone, maybe, where we yeah. both went. You know, uh, you know, but it very much was probably in passing. <laughs> and uh, in that space, you know, Andy was a great interviewee, got the job, and has taken so many leaps and bounds at Nap. And uh, of course, he has a beautiful wife by the name of Esther. And so we bring him to the podcast, Andy and Esther Donaldson. Hello there. Hi there. Hello. Hey. We're so excited <laughs> to have you guys. Yeah, we're excited yeah. to be here. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Andy, Esther, we've got to get a chance to uh, introduce the people, the listeners to you all. Just tell us a little bit um, about yourself. Andy, why don't you start and just yeah. uh, tell, tell them about, a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. So so as you said, I'm a therapist by trade, been been a therapist for a number of years, and then over the last year or so, switched uh, switched mostly over to, to working in men's ministry at Ada. Mm-hmm. Um, got to work with you for a little while, and then... Uh, <laughs> regretfully had to say goodbye um but uh but so so right (laughs) exactly so so yeah excited to to be here working with you again on on this um yeah had a had a a lot of passion for for marriages as a counselor still Mm -hmm. do a little bit of counseling um more of a side gig sticking with some clients that i've had for years um but yeah most of my focus is on the men's ministry at the knapp street campus and Mm -hmm. um yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, in that space, uh, also then you have, of course, your wife, mm-hmm. um, uh, Esther, tell us a little bit about yourself as well. Yeah. Um, I have been around Ada for a really long time. Um, and so love getting to participate in, in all the cool things that Ada likes to do outside of Sunday services or mm-hmm. weekend services. Um, I am a speech therapist and I mm-hmm. get to work at a really cool pediatric clinic um, here in town that does speech and OT. Um, oh. I worked in the schools for 11 years and really enjoyed that, but um, it's fun to get to um, work with kiddos one-on-one. Uh-huh. I get to work with a lot of littles now. So the one and a half to five-year-olds that you don't see in the schools, um, 
get to have a lot of fun interacting with them and their parents, getting to do a lot of parent coaching. So mm-hmm. getting to help families as well, which is is really near and dear to my heart um, and getting to help kids learn how to talk, which I enjoy wow. doing. <laughs> so, so just to caveat, do you have like a favorite memory or favorite story in the relation of how that looks like, or maybe just like what that looks like in your job to do speech therapy? With sure. Um, you know, <clears throat> I spent the first seven years of my career working with kids with severe special needs Mm -hmm. um, at a center-based program. And one of the biggest things that that taught me was to really look at the little, the small victories. So we weren't, we weren't writing goals that were making huge strides. We were just looking at the little things. And so um, especially at that school, most of my kids were nonverbal. And so we were working with technology and switches and different buttons to help them communicate and to see a kiddo's eyes light up when they get to have a little bit of control over the toy they want to play with or the activity they want to do next instead of just being given the next thing. Um, or when they realize they get to use a switch to say hi to some of their favorite mm. people, um, the way their eyes light up, the way they smile and giggle and really get to build a relationship on their level um, has always been really exciting. And so I feel like working with some of my little ones who aren't talking yet and and have more of that capacity to be verbal when they start using words and sure. realizing, hey, I can direct things a little bit with what I can say um, to see them get excited and to see families get excited as well because wow. their kids are actually getting to tell them what they need and what they want um, yeah. is, is a real blessing. That's amazing. And then they don't stop. And then they don't stop. <laughs> they no, don't stop. every <laughs> once in a while you'll have a parent go, really, really? Did we need to do <laughs> all it? All joking, of course. That but <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So outside of your careers, what are some of the things that you love to do, you know, enjoy doing with each other also? So we actually have very different, uh, different methods of, <laughs> of hobby or relaxation. Um, I, I like to be really active. I'm a triathlete. Mm. been doing that for about three years now. Um, like to compete in the summers and, and, uh, train throughout the winters. So tend to be really active. Um, we do like to go on hikes together mm-hmm. and, uh, and go for walks, be outside. Um, but Esther likes the, the grab the book, read, read by the beach kind of vacation. And I like that. Let's go hike the mountains kind of vacations. <laughs> yeah. We, that has been fun to try and find that balance for ourselves, uh, in our, in our marriage. Um, but him being in triathlon is really useful for me because whether he's training or racing, when he's doing a a half Ironman distance race and he's on the bike for three hours and I'm attending, Mm. I get to pull up a chair and read and then (laughs) cheer him on as he continues going. And then I get to sit back down and read my books. So, um, that's the the 10, 10 minutes of cheering, the three hours of waiting. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good balance. I'm good at, I'm good at entertaining myself when he does that. So yeah, sure, that's great. So we're going to get to your love story because it's a really cool one. Mm -hmm. Um, but before that, I, when we met at Panera, we talked and faith is very important to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but Andy, you've got a very kind of unique faith journey story and I, I really want our audience to hear about it and how you came to faith and how that happened for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure how unique it is in some ways. Um, I, I was raised Catholic, uh, which I know a lot of the people that ate a Bible actually seem to come from a Catholic background. And, um, and as a Catholic, we went to church just about every week. And um, I don't know, I just never, never connected, never feel like I really uh, heard the gospel while I was there. Not that it wasn't there, but for some reason I just, it never connected with me. 
uh, went to went to college. I uh, went to Ferris State uh, for an undergrad, and and um, ended up rather than kind of jumping in the party scene, ended up jumping into a campus ministry. Um, I had a, a roommate that year that um, he. I, I'm pretty sure we we both went in blind, and I think that the the people who set up the rooms um, kind of felt like this was going to be a joke because they set us up. We're both both named Andy. About halfway through the semester, we discovered that we're both named Andy Richard. Oh my! Wow. And so I, I think they must have seen that and said, "Oh, we got it. We got to do this." So, oh, wow! So they paired us up, and turns out that was uh, God doing that because He really wanted to find a church. And I said, "All right, I'll, I'll go with you, but then you got to meet people there. I'm I'm just going once. Uh, I've done the church thing. I'm good." And so we went and uh, just got met by a lot of really cool people who seemed genuinely interested in who we were. And, uh, it was kind of intoxicating. So came back, um, ended up getting really involved in, uh, coming to Christ through that ministry, getting baptized through that ministry. Um, and, uh, really kind of getting a, a hunger and a thirst for the word through that, through, uh, some challenges from some friends, um, just saying, Hey, you know, the, the, the scripture's meant to be read. Let's, let's do that together. And, and, uh, kind of dove in from there. Um, and then, yeah, after, after college ended up, uh, I got a, got a graduate or an undergraduate degree in advertising and, uh, haven't worked a day of advertising <laughs> in my life <laughs> and knew pretty early on that wasn't what I wanted to do. So ended up, ended up kind of floundering for a little bit. I think Jeff would call that the land between just kind of mm-hmm. wondering what's next and, and kind of stumbled upon a book that said, um, the, the author said he, hit a, a, a point in his life where he could either go far in business or he could go to seminary. And he said he chose seminary and it made all the difference. So I looked up some seminaries and, and decided I wanted to, uh, to go for a degree in counseling and um, wanted to go to a place where they would help me discern good psychology, uh, biblical psychology from everything else that's out there. And went to GRTS, um, apparently passed Samuel while we were there <laughs> a, a little bit here and there. Um, but really, really grew in my faith while I was there. Uh, just tremendous teachers. Um, I don't know if Samuel would agree with, with mm-hmm. it. Just an awesome education. Yeah, very much so. Um, and, and really did get that challenge to discern, um, okay, here's, here's what this study says. What does the Bible say about that? And, um, and really finding that, that science tends to back up scripture really well. Mm. So grew a ton of my faith through that and, uh, and just have been growing since. Yeah, that's awesome. The thing I love about that story is when you said to Andy, uh, I'll go with you once and and ended up committing and and it just being a really rich experience for you. Absolutely. Um, A part of your story is you guys got married a little bit later in your Mm -hmm. 30s and uh, some people get married when they're 19. Uh, Some people get married like uh, myself. I got married when I was 27 and some people get married a little bit later and Um, But I want you guys just to talk about, and Esther, maybe you go first, like what was that leading, what was it like being single and leading up to eventually meeting Andy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, come from uh, Dutch enclaves and so I went to Calvin and my parents met at Calvin and they they did the whole, um, got married right out of school. And so my deepest desire was to have that journey of meeting mm-hmm. someone in school, um, getting married right outside, right after graduation and, and having years with a spouse and getting to raise kids and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, everybody always asked, well, what do you want to do? And I knew I wanted to be a speech therapist, but 
my main desire was to be a wife and a mom. Um, and you know, that, that feels very West Michigan, but I just, I, I, you know, I I went along with it. Um, that was, yeah, like I said, a deep desire of mine. Um, but the Lord obviously knows me way better than I know myself. Um, even though I've been working on learning, um, and I just was not ready for that. Um, and, and I didn't know that at the time, but, um, that led to years of being in not great relationships, you know, just trying to find whatever would work. Um, I wasn't emotionally healthy enough to be in good, strong, deep relationships. Um, and so learned a lot through all the relationships that I was in, but then also went through phases of just not interacting at all, not dating anybody, not, um, not, yeah, not being in any relationships, anything like that. Um, and that was really difficult because, uh, you know, the majority of my friends from college got married right out of college. Sure. It was, I was surrounded by people who were living the life I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as I got older, you know, I started going to counseling in my mid twenties and, and that was a huge gift. The Lord worked through that a lot. Um, but one of the biggest things for me was learning who I was and learning what life looked like mm-hmm. for me. Um, and enjoying life where I was at, finding a way to be content with the life God had given me. Um, still being open to opportunities and possibilities. Um, and, you know, as I got into my early thirties, I was, I, I had to work to say, I'm not going to wait, you know, I'm not going to wait for a guy to approach me. I'm going to, I'm going to meet people and I'm going to suggest getting together and all that kind of stuff. But um, really having to make a choice about how I was going to approach um, looking for a relationship and looking for a partner, because I was also kind of staring down the fact that maybe that's not what God had for me. Mm. Um, and that was something I was, you know, I'd kind of go back and forth between, oh no, I'm totally going to get married. And maybe not, you know, there are people who God calls to singleness and um, trying to find that balance, but also still live my life and not not just flounder in the waiting um, because I didn't know when that was going to come. And so there were lots of tears and lots of, frustrating Mm. conversations and, um, lots of, you know, deep cries to God for like, I don't want this to be my story. Um, but you know, even like my parents have spent time, um, as missionaries in China and I would kind of go, Oh, I don't want them to leave for two years because what if I meet someone and they're not going to meet them. And then, then I'll be 27 by the time I get married. And then they came (laughs) back and then I still hadn't met anyone. And then they went again and it was like, Oh, well now if I meet someone, I'm going to be this old by the time they come back. And, um, so I just, yeah, it, it was, it was not a calm season by any means because sure. again, that was still just such a deep desire for me. Um, but really listening to the Lord kind of say, Hey, live, live the life I have for you. Um, regardless of what it looks like and, and whether or not it looks like what you want it to look like. Um, and, and so that was, yeah, it That's was a challenge. Awesome. <laughs> Andy, what's your story there? Yeah. You know, Kelly, you mentioned, uh, both of us getting married in our late thirties and, and, and that is true, but it wasn't for lack of trying on either of our parts. We definitely, definitely both sought it out, um, hard. We both, I, I would always say I'm, I was, uh, I was that, that guy who at 16 wanted to be married and a dad. And most of my friends just wanted to, you know, quote unquote, get laid. And and I'm like, that's not what I want. I want to be a, a, a husband and a dad. And and there I was in my mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties, you know, and, and just, um, 
kind of some, some relationships that were frankly kind of a train wreck and probably mostly due to me. Um, and, and realizing that, that, uh, yeah, my headspace was more on, um, more on sort of, I, I, I need somebody to complete me. I need somebody to um, make me whole, to, um, really to let my life begin. And once I have her, then, then everything can start and, and kind of waiting for that. And then when I had a girlfriend or was dating, somebody would, would force it. There was just so much pressure on the relationship to work because, well, this is everything. Mm -hmm. Like if, if this doesn't work, where am I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. So, so realizing through some, some counseling and, and then becoming a counselor myself and working with a lot of couples and realizing really I had made the idea of, of getting married, my God. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was able to kind of once realizing that look back and, and remembered a time in high school, I had a girlfriend and we only dated for a few months and it was high school. So a few months was, you know, a long-term relationship. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember somebody saying something I, I, I had mentioned earlier, I was, I was Catholic back then and, and saying, uh, no, I think, I think I'm going to be atheist now, really not having any idea what that means, but just, I think I'm atheist now because really I don't need a God. She's my, she's my God. Mm. I, I said that, you know, back mm-hmm. then and, and, and realizing how, how messed up that is and how that puts so much pressure on the women that I dated and myself in those relationships to, to make it work. And it just ended in a lot of heartache and a lot of disaster and frustrations. And um, yeah. Wow. Andy, that was really profound because when you said that, um, you know, I, I might as well be an atheist because she's my God. You know, there's a lot of people who do that, you know, mm-hmm. the, I, I know. did that. Yeah. And, uh, just like you guys, you know, uh, I wanted to be married. I got married a little bit earlier than you. I got married at 27, but, um, definitely that relationship during different seasons was an idol for me. Mm -hmm. And God kept on going after me like, Ellie, that's not going to satisfy you. And, uh, finally, you know, over a long story, I kind of began to slowly trust him. But uh, now you guys got an, a very cool story and how you met. And I definitely want to hear about that. <laughs> and Esther, um, I think you were the uh, instigator. <laughs> uh, why don't you start? Sure. Um, oh, man. So, how did, so we were aware of each other probably about a year prior to when we first started dating. So, um, I had been on the worship team here at church for a number of years and needed to take a break, Mm -hmm. um, for a variety of reasons. And I think about that same time, Andy joined the worship team. So we both knew a lot of the same people, but had not interacted with each other. Um, and so I was still involved in, um, a lot of the things that the worship team was putting together, including Christmas services. And so, um, I was in a video for a, a Christmas service several years ago, um, and Andy played for those services. And so we kind of knew who the other was. We met very briefly that Christmas. Um, but I thought he was in a relationship and then COVID hit. So it was just like, you know, nothing, nothing was doing. Um, and so then, um, about a year later, um, I was going through this phase in my life where I was doing the online dating, Um, but I was, I was really trying to, you know, I was interacting with people a little bit online dating has its perks and, and has its benefits, but 
I'm such an in-person person that I had kind of said to myself, if I feel like I'm connecting with someone, I'm going to suggest coffee or, or meeting up for something. Um, and so I was, I was kind of flexing my muscles in that regard, not just waiting for someone to, to offer the same. Um, and so um, I had kind of gotten back into the worship team a little bit and um, needed, I was on the schedule for the beginning of November, needed to um, cancel one of the ones that I had already agreed to play a weekend. I had already agreed to play for, and um, they kind of said, great, that's fine. Can you play next weekend? We have an opening at Cascade. We need you to play. I said, absolutely that I'm open that weekend. That works. So Saturday rehearsal comes around. I'm on stage playing. Um, and this guy comes in the back of the room and I went, huh, that guy looks familiar. I forgot about that guy. And it was Andy. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you want to tell this part of it or sure. I can keep going. <laughs> well, I can tell up to this point from my, my point of view. So, so back, um, backing up to that, it was Christmas, 2019. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm playing on the worship team, um, at the Cascade campus and, and you rehearse a ton for Christmas. That's very music heavy. And, and so you run through this, the set a lot. Mm-hmm. And each time we'd run through the set, they would, they'd play the video to kind of make sure it syncs up and everything. And so, um, it got to the point where you just stop looking at the video. It's, you just, it's so repetitive, but every, every time I knew I'm going to turn right here. Cause this is where that cute girl comes up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there she is. There's that cute girl. Well, then we're taking a break and, and uh, I think it's in between services and in walks the cute girl from the video. Wow. <laughs> and I think I said, you're the girl from the video. <laughs> and uh, I held back the cute, but, but she's like, yeah. And so we chatted just for a minute there and, and there was, there was a spark. And mm-hmm. I think we both thought we'll, we'll play, yeah. we'll play together on the worship team at some point. And, uh, and then COVID hit. So then, yeah, we were out for, for a while and then it was when we opened back up for just a brief window um, where, so yeah, we were playing on the worship team and stuff. Well, I get a call, I'm out raking leaves and I get a call and, and the, at the time the worship uh, production coordinator calls it and, and says, uh, Hey, could you run a camera at Cascade for the Saturday service? I, I'm a bass player. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And she's like, it's, it's not, we can, we can teach it. It's fine. Just if, if you can make it, that'd be awesome. We had somebody who had to back out. So, um, just, just for Saturday, just, you know, come if you can. So I come and I'm wearing dirty raking leave clothes <laughs> and I, I walk in and, and they're on the stage and the bright lights is the cute girl from the video. Mm. And who's the cute girl? I don't know who the cute girl oh, is. Oh, it's oh. me guys. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's for later in the story, Kelly. <laughs> And, uh, so, you know, throughout, throughout the practice, they just keep on having to like, Andy, no, stop zooming in on the keys player. <laughs> That's no, no, you got to do the, the wide view. No, stop. You know, sorry, sorry. I just can't help myself. Um, but then yeah, at lunch there was, you know, a little, little bit in our dinner, there's a little interaction and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I had kind of said to myself, Oh, he's going to be here. So the, um, yeah, I was, yeah. I, was, I said, he's going to, you know, he's going to be here tomorrow we'll, we'll interact some more and I'll have a conversation sure. with him. And then, and then I'll throw out like, let's do coffee. Cause I, there was just this, what I now know is a, a God led pull. Um, just, I, there was something about him that made me go, yeah, I want to get to know him more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was playing at East Paris the next day. So I didn't see him. Um, and, and I happened to also be playing that weekend with the guy who did all the scheduling. 
and I had asked him if oh, Andy was boy. single. And because oh, I was, wait, wait, I know, wait. I know, so I know. So, so what happened? <laughs> Say that one more time. What happened? So, so. Yeah. So there were a couple of people. So this is one of the benefits of him also having been on the worship team for a while. So they, they knew him and they knew me, but we didn't know each other. So when he showed up, I said, Hey, hey Joel, is, is Andy single? And he went, uh, a skirt? Like, excuse me. <laughs> he goes, Oh, I like this. So we had this plan of like, Joel's just going to schedule us together and we'll get to know each other. And it'll, it won't be like, it'll just be natural. No big deal. Well, then we shut back down for another five weeks because of COVID around Christmas. (laughs) And so at that point I said, you know what? I'm just doing it. This is this, I had been flexing this muscle for this moment, apparently. Mm. And so um, I went on Facebook and I sent him a message that was heavily edited by a marketing friend of mine because I'm a (laughs) rambler (laughs) and just said, Hey, not sure if you're seeing anybody, but if you're not, I'd love to get coffee or something sometime. Um, because I, I was just kind of taking my chances, you know, it's, I, I felt very led to do that, especially at this, at that stage of my yeah. life. Um, yeah. And, and what, and what she didn't know was I had been sort of dating, going on a couple of dates with somebody and I had, um, been just talking to a friend probably, probably right after we had, we had met again mm-hmm. and said, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just not really feeling it with this girl. She's great, but I'm just not really there. And there's this girl at church. I don't know anything about, I don't know if she's single, but I brought, I brought her up and, and this, this was the cute girl from this was, this was Esther. This Kelly. is the cute girl. Yes. This okay. is the cute girl from there. Now I'm getting it. Yeah, now okay, I'm getting cool. the full picture. Still me, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. It's Esther. Still, yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, a couple of days later I get this message from her. And, and so I immediately send a message to my friend. You're not going to believe this. And my friend was like, you, you got to, you got to take her up on this. So yeah, minutes later I send her a message. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. So I think we, we went on our first date like that weekend. So it was the first weekend of December and we've been together ever since. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. You know what? It makes me think of that verse in James. You do not get because you do not ask. Exactly. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> we were asking. Yes. Esther was asking. That's the title of the podcast. episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. um, uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like dating. Was it like complete connection, smooth sailing, et cetera, kinda. et cetera? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty pretty easy connection. We felt really natural with each other really fast, really comfortable mm-hmm. with each other really fast. Lots of good conversation. We both like yeah. to talk. So yeah. that, that helped a lot. And I think, you know, one of the benefits... <clears throat> Obviously, well, we can go into this later too, but one of the benefits of dating when you're in your early thirties and you've done all the dating and you've mm-hmm. done, you know, you've seen your friends go through things. You've seen friends get married and now start to get divorced and all that stuff is we knew, we both knew what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a gift in that of, of being able to kind of do those checks right away of, of, of knowing the questions to ask that would give us that information, um, and, and allow us to dig a little deeper, a little quicker. We didn't need to do the surface stuff for a long time because, I mean, I think we were talking about not our marriage and kids, but marriage and kids in general on like our second date um, and just what we were looking for. And it was, it was not like an awkward, like non sequitur, like, so let, let's talk about how many yeah. kids you want. You know, yeah. it was just a very natural flow of the conversation. I think part of it because of Andy's work with, counseling and his desire and focus on marriages and things like that. And my work with kids, 
Yeah, um, I had to vet her early. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it just all felt very natural, which is is one of those cliches, right? You'll know when you know, or yeah. you know, yeah. it yeah, it's just like, but it's a Kinda. cliche for a reason. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Yeah. And so in that space, and then really a question for you, Andy, from a from a counselor to a counselor, you working with marriages, working with couples, dating. Mm-hmm. How did you translate some of all those thoughts and theories and things into the space of, oh, you know what? I'm dating and this may lead somewhere. How did that mm-hmm. translate to you? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's funny because people will often say, oh, as a marriage counselor, you must be, or is it awful? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, the the knowledge in some ways is a curse and a gift, you know? Sure. It's, so, so seeing day in, day out what can go wrong mm-hmm. and where the where the different things um, that, you know, about people clash and, and then being in a relationship with Esther, it's like, okay, I I can, I can sort of predict 10 years down the road with this one. And Mm -hmm. and it's like trying to shut some of those voices down and go, we'll deal with it when we get there. And Mm -hmm. um, I had, I had a a girlfriend in the past say, can we not have the fight we're going to have in 10 years today? And yeah, okay, that's fair. (laughs) So um, yeah, it's it, in some ways I think it's good because you get to you get to see you know like okay this is this is a red flag you know not necessarily in her but in the relationship mm. and and yet um, and yet sometimes it is hard to sort of shut some of those voices down and and uh, not ignore the warnings that's that's not wise necessarily mm-hmm. but to to kind of go let's just be in the relationship and not be the counselor of the relationship that's, and that's so important I mean Kelly I'm sure we we talk about it all the time with the space of when you're dealing with your own family, number one is not ethical, but number two is <laughs> you have to. It's on you. You're yeah. being yourself with your family, and even in the context for you and Esther, you know, I'm Andy, and I got to be raw Andy, and I can't be counselor Andy in my relationship. And you all then begin to grow together, and mm-hmm. just in their authenticity of who you are. Yeah. So you date. What makes the what was the what was the point where y'all was like we're getting married? This is the thing we want to do. I mean, we were engaged in six months or something, so probably (laughs) safe to say that was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think we knew within three months that it was something serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with my mom pretty early on. Again, one of the gifts of that older relationship of, you know, this just feels different. And, And maybe it's an intuition that's a gift from God of saying, hey, this is who I have for you. Um. I don't know that there was necessarily like a, a light bulb moment of, of this is it. But I think it was just because we, we did so much talking um, and, you know, we'd like make plans to get together to watch a movie and we would never end up watching a movie because we'd just spend the whole time talking. Yeah. Um, and so just each, each conversation was just another piece in, in the, the puzzle of, yeah, this fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this fits. Even if it was just a little whispering um, but like, Hey, that, Hey, that's me too. Or, Hey, that's a value that I have too. Or, Hey, that's different from me, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so even, mm-hmm. even the things that felt tricky, it was like, Oh, I can handle that. Like that doesn't, and you know, it may turn into a thing in the future, but at least at that point it was, Oh, that doesn't feel too hard. Sure. Um, yeah. Sure. so yeah, what was, uh, no, Andy, you go. Uh, I'll just add to that. I think we were realistic about the sense that like, we know the areas that we're, going to fight in. We know the areas mm-hmm. we're going to struggle in. It's not like, Oh man, I think this could be the the perfect fit. You know, it's like, no, there's, there's going to be those struggles in any relationship. And, uh, and again, that, 
the, the wisdom of age, you know, um, mid thirties, I don't know if that's age, but, <laughs> but just some experience kind of knowing mm-hmm. like, this is going to be tough. And so when we hit the tough points, we go, all right, let's, let's work through that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge thing knowing that in those tough things, like even the stuff that, I don't know, just the, the sticking points that we faced early on, we were able to have those conversations and it wasn't mm-hmm. a fight. It wasn't, I'm, I'm offended that you think that, or it was, it was, okay, let's, let's hear each other out. I don't know if that came from both of us being in counseling and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of learning some of that, but um, it's like, well, if you can, if you can hit hard things and talk through it, I think that's, you know, that's what you need. Right. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm going to throw in one other thing too, I think, <laughs> sorry, Kelly, <laughs> I think another added gift that we had because it was COVID. So we weren't spending a lot of time with other people necessarily mm-hmm. Which, you know, in a lot of relationships, it's like you need that kind of outside perspective to help you see, especially if you're really enamored with each other right away, you need that third party to kind of speak into what Mm -hmm. makes sense or what doesn't, what you're missing maybe because of whatever lens you have on. But because we both had been involved in the worship team, we knew a lot of the same people. And so when, when, especially people on the worship team found out we were dating, they were like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. So we had this outside validation from a lot of people that we both trusted um, and that we both valued their opinions. And so one guy said, said, Oh yeah, I heard about you and Esther. What took you so long? (laughs) Well, we didn't know each other. So, (laughs) so So that was, that was, I think just an added piece of that kind of that building that, that, that puzzle together. Definitely. So uh, when I, after, so I dated seriously, I think three or four women before I met Julie and then when I got married to Julie, it like right away when, even when we were dating, I recognized, ah, this is why you want me with her and not those. Mm-hmm. Those women were wonderful, but there were things about Julie that she brought to the table that God knew I needed and I needed to provide for her as well in terms of who I am. Um, Andy, what was one thing that, uh, that you maybe had that same kind of epiphany of, oh, this is why I needed to wait for Esther. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a couple, one of them, um, one of my think, so both of them have to do with like kind of who I am and my personality. And one of them is I I like to be really goofy and, Mm. uh, and that's not a side that I am with everybody. And, and it's something where I have to be pretty comfortable and I am very goofy with Esther. <laughs> um, we have a lot of fun at home and, and it's just, just goofy stuff that I would never want to share on a podcast. And <laughs> please <laughs> voices singing. Yeah. Um, we love accents. We love accents. <laughs> when we go to the South, we just talk in a Southern accent the whole time to fit in. Um, so we just have a lot of fun. And the other one is, is maybe on the more serious side. Like I, I can have moods and I can go through these, these moments of just frustration or um, just being in a bad mood. And in, in the, for the most part in past relationships, that's been a huge, people take it really personally. Um, people respond to it and make it worse. And, um, and that's not on them necessarily, but it's just that like Esther handles it really well. She's able to kind of let me just be myself or like, she'll ask the, the you know, she asked kindly, is there something I can do and, and, um, is, is really supportive, but then also can give me my space and let me just fume for a little bit and mm. he'll, he'll calm down eventually. And, <laughs> um, 
you know, so, so I think both of those things, it's like, it it allows me to be me in the good and the bad ways, maybe. Um, (laughs) um, but that also, you know, encourages me to, to get better rather than justify the the negative moods too. So Esther, what about you? (laughs) I would, I would definitely echo the, the funny goofy, like it's, it's, I have been in relationships where that has been shut down. Mm. Um, and so you're goofy too. Yes. <laughs> Not quite as goofy as Andy is. I think he, he takes the cake on that one, but, um, we like to make each other laugh and, and have fun with that. Um, definitely a, a kid at heart. So I get along with the littles really well, sure. just cause that's <laughs> Wait a minute. what I do. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> not anything on you, honey. Um, but I think, you know, Andy really cares about, learning and pushing yourself. And I do too. I, I love to learn, but um, I think especially being more of a homebody, being more of a sit and read kind of person, Andy pushes me to get out and do things that are important um, that matter to physical health and to just the health of our relationship to my own mental health. Um, and so I think he brings a lot of wisdom around the importance of those things. And it's not stuff I don't know, but he's really good at reminding me. Yeah. Um, usually kindly. Sometimes I need to hear it a little more than even if I don't want to. <laughs> it's always kind about it, but um, just really pushing me to to keep moving and bettering myself. And that's and then, and then that makes me want to do it without needing him to to encourage me to do it. So. That's good. So <clears throat> you know, throughout the course, of how long, how long have you all been married now? Year and a half. Year and a half. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Year and a half, um, I remember a story where myself and my wife uh, being, we met and got married within a year of, of, of dating. And, and then, of course, marriage hit and life hit and things happened. Um, and we had various challenges in our own marriage. Wonder, just wonder, like, what's maybe one specific challenge or thing that you all kind of went through that you could kind of tell a story about? Went through? Going through? <laughs> <laughs> All of it. Um, so the the one thing that comes to mind for me, um, oh, well, so there's a big event. I'll let yeah, you share about the event. Sure. But in general, we um, were very similar. So that helps with the goofy. It helps with the fun. Um, but we're both youngest. And we kind of joke about that a lot, that we're kind of used to everybody else doing it for us. <laughs> so, so sometimes our house can get a little messy. Sure. Anybody who's been to our house who might be listening to this is laughing about that. It's very messy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so sometimes there's some frustration in oh, why, why didn't she do this? Why mm-hmm. didn't he do this? And it's like, well, you didn't do it either, you know? <laughs> and so, so we're, we're still trying to figure that out. And some of that is getting our big siblings to come over and help us organize, which, you know, (laughs) is on the books and they like texting us, Hey, when are we coming over to get rid of your junk? Um, yeah. So, so utilizing some of that help and yeah, just kind of figuring out how, how can we get into a rhythm? Um, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to sit here and say out loud, we've been married for a year and a half, which, um, feels like a long time and is not very long at all. Um, but we have experienced a lot of things. Um, so, you know, they talk about some the, some of the big things of relationships. So moves, job changes, deaths, births, all that kind of stuff. And within the first year of our marriage, Andy had gotten a new job. I got a new job. Mm-hmm. I moved into the house with Andy. So that was a big move for me. Um, and then we had the excitement of getting pregnant with our first. 
Um, and so we were actually due um, not too long from now. Um, and we were really excited about that. It was, we had been planning on it. Um, it this was a baby that was very wanted. Um, and then we went in for our 12 week appointment and found out that the baby had stopped growing at seven weeks. Um, and we're very blindsided by it. Mm. I had still had a lot of symptoms, um, was still experiencing a lot of those first trimester, uh, perils. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so just did not expect that at all. And so, and, and I think for both of us, we kind of went, well, we've already had our hardship around relationship. We both had to wait a long time to get married. So we're not going to have struggles with having kids or any of that kind of stuff. Um, naively, cause you know, the Lord knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, but that was just such an unexpected challenge. Um, of course, not anything that, that you would hope for anyone to have to experience. Um, and so really got to lean on each other and just learn what that looked like to support each other in that deep pain. Um, it was interesting because life as we knew it right at that time didn't change a lot, but the, the future that we had been anticipating was vastly different. Mm -hmm. And so, um, kind of working through that together of checking in daily, are you okay? How are you doing today? What are you feeling? Um, but then also trying to process those future changes. You know, we had started to get some things from friends of ours who were done having kids and, and said, great, let's, let's give you all our stuff. And so, you know, encountering baby clothes and, and, and other yeah. things that babies need and in, in our home and trying to hold that all very loosely and say, okay, this, our, our story isn't done yet. The Lord still has plenty for us to do, but um, we were gifted with, I mean, it, being a part of Ada has always been important to us and special for us, but um, especially in that process, just knowing the prayer that was behind and surrounding our situation, yeah. um, the gift that that was, the truly the peace that passes understanding that we mm. experienced because of that. Um, and even in even in the little things where we played, we were scheduled to play on the worship team. So we found out on a Tuesday um, I had surgery on Thursday and we played at the NAP campus on Sunday. Um, wow. And it was a series that we were doing on navigating emotions and it was sadness. <laughs> oh, wow, um, and so, you know, the, the music always fits wonderfully with the sermon and um, the worship team prayed over us when we first got there in the morning for rehearsal and just left us lots of space to, to have tears and, and feel our feelings around everything that was going on. But um, it was also such a gift. We, we had had a conversation about it and said, we don't want to be anywhere else. We mm. want to be worshiping because we know that we serve a God who is good overall and who, who is in charge yeah. and who is holding our baby right now. Yeah. Um, mm. Even though we don't get to. Um, mm. And so getting to feel the multitude of those feelings, um, the, the yes and of it all, and, um, yeah, so I think that did a lot for our relationship. Um, mm -hmm. just really seeing what was the most important to us and knowing that we still had each other and that we, we could get through those heart wrenching things together mm. and, and knowing that that's not the only thing that we're going to experience as a couple yeah. in our lives, yeah. but, um, to get to experience that early on, um, especially after such a short courtship was to say, okay, this is the right person to be doing this with. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to go through that with anyone else. Yeah. That is, um, number one, incredible. Thank you for sharing that yeah. and being yeah, incredibly definitely. authentic in that and, sh and sharing that with our audience um, and being vulnerable in that space. 
um, in you both working through that and sharing through that moment. I think that's such a ministry moment that I don't want to mm-hmm. miss yeah. um, in this space. Um, there are listeners who uh, in whatever way have, have probably have this similar story mm-hmm. and maybe even never told anyone um, mm-hmm. wives and husbands. And in that space, a reminder of the scripture in Isaiah 40, I believe this is that they that wait upon the Lord he's going to renew their strength. Mm-hmm. And in that space, sometimes no one else can renew your strength in that yep. moment, right? Yep. And um, I, I feel led that maybe if you two, you know, could just pray for that couple yeah. that's even currently experienced it or mm-hmm. has experienced it in the past and in that place, you know, are, are needing some strength, are needing to know that there's other people out there beginning of their marriage, midway through their marriage, you know, where they just need some support and love. Um, would you all just mind praying for us? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah. And yeah. especially since w- one of the things that was so powerful throughout our experience was realizing that um, one in four pregnancies mm-hmm. end in miscarriage. And so if there are four women listening, there's likely a chance that, that they've experienced this. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> love to, yeah. love to pray. Peace. Yeah. Father, thank you for, um, thank you for marriages. Thank you for um, recognizing that we are, we're not good alone and that you, um, you made us to be in community. You made us to be with each other. And, and father, I, um, I know it can be a struggle and there are things, um, there are things within marriages and, and childbearing that are just very, very difficult. And there may be all different kinds of struggles, um, in, in the people who are listening to this right now that, that, um, that we would never know that, that they may never share, um, or maybe they're very public about it, but there are just all kinds of struggles around this. And, and God, I want to pray uh, for the hearts of the people who want to be mommies and daddies who just, just are struggling to, to have that happen and are wondering why um, when, when you hear stories about people getting pregnant so easily, even when it's not wanted and, and just that confusion, that hurt. God, I pray for their hearts that they would, uh, bring their bring their pain and their sorrow and their confusion to you that they would lift that up to you and that you would as you promise in your word that you would give peace that goes beyond what we can comprehend God the peace that Esther and I experienced um, that just confused us that confounded us because we should be in a worse spot but you are good and you gave us you gave us grace you gave us peace that um, that surpassed uh, our situation. And, and I pray that for those out there that are listening, that you would, that you would give them that as well. Wow. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, thank you. Samuel, mm-hmm. Andy and Esther, I think might win the award for the most joyous couple we've interviewed. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, or joyous and goofy. For sure. But to kind of end uh, one of the things that we do on the podcast is we want to just create space for you guys to share with one another what you appreciate and love so much about the other person. Mm. So Andy, like what's one or two things that you kind of like about the cute girl? Yeah. The cute girl from the video besides the cuteness. So, so you kind of hit it there. Uh, her, her middle name is joy quite literally. Mm, amazing. And, uh, and I, I love that. There is so much joy to her. Um, she finds joy in, in some of the most mundane <laughs> mundane pieces of life, and we're able to enjoy that together. Um, so I love that about her. And, and I kind of mentioned earlier her ability to um, 
stay engaged and to stay, um, I don't know, with me, uh, when, when I experience different emotions and to just kind of stay by me and not, uh, expect different things or get frustrated at me for experiencing things. Um, even when they're stupid and I should, <laughs> looking back, it was inappropriate, but, but she stays with me and, and, uh, and I really, I need that. <laughs> Esther, how about you? Um, a couple things come to mind right away. There's a steadiness to Andy, um, that, you know, I experience a lot of joy, but with that, you know, comes the full spectrum of, of feeling a lot of big feelings. And, um, there's a steadiness to Andy that grounds me, um, and allows me to feel those feelings, mm-hmm. but then brings me back to a steady state that, um, I just cannot do without. Um, and then Andy is a big dreamer. Mm-hmm. He is a big picture kind of guy. Um, and I am not, I am, <laughs> I got asked once what a, my dream job would be. And I think, I ended up saying like a speech therapist in East Grand Rapids. And that was like my dream job in the whole world. Like I kind of winnowed myself down. Um, and, and uh, so I don't, I don't think big picture and Andy does. And so um, that gives me permission to dream that allows me to get excited about some of the things that he is hopeful for. Um, and so that's, that's a gift to me as well. Awesome. Esther. Andy, Andy, Esther, we appreciate you all so much. Yeah, thanks for um, having for us. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. for just sharing your story and sharing the joy um, <laughs> and, and the trials and things you've gone through in your marriage and just getting married. So many people need those stories to be able to hear um, themselves, you know, and also hear where God, what God can do. So it's amazing. So listeners, thank you for checking us out again on Together. We hope that you will listen to our podcast once again. Tell some friends, tell some family members we're on the air and that uh, Together is here for you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform. Leave a comment and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.